We are live. Hello. Hot Sacks here, Rose Buckley. How you doing, Rose? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on here today. Hey, we're going to have some fun tonight. So uh, for those, those of you that are tuning in while we're live, uh, I'm Todd Sachs. I'm a broker and founder of Sachs Realty. We are a residential and commercial real estate brokerage here in Maryland, uh, but we also help buyers and sellers all over the country through our amazing broker network. So if you guys are tuning in from somewhere other than Maryland and uh, you need some real estate advice, uh, I can point you in the right direction. Rockstar agent in a city near you. And tonight we are talking about a major issue uh, I've been in the real estate business for at one aspect or another for a long time, 32 years, I think 32 years, 1989, I started a construction business. And uh, like I said, one aspect or another, I've been in this business, building and designing and developing, and now as a real estate broker managing, and we got a crazy time going on right now. And that's buyers are just, you know, they're scrambling. We have very little inventory. If you're in the real estate business, you're an agent, you know that. If you're trying to buy a house, you know that. Mainstream media, I mean, that's all that you're hearing right now. And, um, you know, it's getting even crazier because besides the multiple offers that's going on, one of the things that we're seeing is that buyers are actually waiving home inspections. And that just, you know, that is really concerning to me. Uh, we've got Rose. Rose Buckley is with U.S. Inspect. Um, she's grateful tonight. She's going to she's gonna share um, what's going on with the market right now from a home inspector standpoint. And uh, Rose, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for having me. Yes, uh, I'm a home inspector uh, with U.S. Inspect. I live in Maryland and I service the Maryland, Washington, D.C., Virginia and Pennsylvania areas. Um, and it has been a wild ride this past spring. And, you know, I think everybody's just kind of holding on to the roller coaster that is this market right now and just kind of waiting to see what happens. Um, I've been speaking with people like yourself who've been in the business for 30, 40, 50 years, and they're like, this is unprecedented. I have never seen anything like it. So it's definitely a unique time in the, in the market for sure. Yeah. And we're going to go over what buyers should really be paying attention if they are waiving their rights to a home inspection, or we're going to, you know, talk about if that those as is inspections, you know, the important things that, you know, the concessions that they're making with themselves, the buyer, not with asking the seller, they're just kind of negotiating with themselves saying, well, we can fix this or we can fix that if it breaks or whatever. Um, so we're going to talk about that. If you're a real estate agent, uh, something you're going to want to stay on with us, we want to hear from you. This is a live show. If you're watching us live, listening to us live right now, go ahead and comment your questions in. Rose will be, you know, more than happy to give you the answers you're looking for. Or if you just have a comment, you want to, you know, stick your two cents in there. We'd like to hear from you. If you are watching or listening uh, post live to the recording, uh, go ahead and comment those questions, and we'll be sure to get back to you. Uh, you know, in, in one format or another. So um, Rose, kind of give us a rundown. I mean, what is, you know, what's the state of the market right now as far as the home inspection? So the home inspection market is kind of shifting. Normally in a, in a stable market that we've been having the past couple of years, 
on the whole, uh, people would have, we would have a normal amount of inventory and buyers would be able to have a little bit of power as far as, you know, saying, you know, I would like to have an, a home inspection, you know, making an offer and saying, I would like to offer this much for your house. And previously they were even saying that they were offering less than what the asking price was. Nowadays, I'm seeing homes in this area in particular going for up to $100,000 over asking price just because inventory is so low. But previously when buyers had a little bit more power, they would be able to offer less for the house. Uh, they would also be able to have home inspections and ask for sellers to fix certain things that are uh, identified within the home inspection. Nowadays, what we're seeing is that there's so little inventory and I believe that it has to do with the mortgage rates being incredibly low People are getting these rates locked in for a month and they see that there's very little housing out there and they want to take advantage of the, you know, the market right now and the, the, the inventory or just, pardon me, the, the percentage rates that they're getting. And so they're kind of just, you know, scrambling and they're getting whatever they can and they're going way over asking price. And they're saying, in order to have my offer be even slightly considered, I'm just going to waive all, ins all, all inspections and even appraisal contingencies. Um, and so I've seen a lot of people waive a lot of that. So smart and savvy buyers who have been forced into that position have been asking for something that we call a walk and talk or a pre-offer inspection, where they'll have a home inspector come out with them and they may have a shortened time frame, maybe an hour or so on the property, but at least they'll be able to have an idea of the main systems. Uh, that's all the time that we would usually have as home inspectors to evaluate in an hour's time. Uh, and maybe not even all of those systems uh, depending on the size of the home. So we're seeing a shift from the buyers having more power and having time, you know, seven days after they have their offer accepted, seven days to have the inspection done. And we have three to four hours on the property to nowadays, they're calling us and saying very often, in fact, last night, I got somebody calling me and saying, can you, at 10 o'clock last night, somebody asked me, can you be at a house tomorrow morning at 8 a.m.? Because they're, the offers are due at noon and we wanna know, uh, you know, have a pre-offer pre inspection. And it's just been crazy. So shortened timelines because offers are due much quicker. And, you know, the, the type of inspection is changing as well. So instead of having the full thorough hours long inspection where you get maintenance tips and full walkthroughs and explanations of everything to quick and dirty, this is what you have here. <laughs> so it has changed quite a bit. You know, um, I mean, that's it we have seen probably in the last i'd say month month and a half we've seen the biggest amount of contracts that are coming in with no inspection at all mm -hmm. and therefore a period of time we were seeing you know as is it almost was ridiculous that every contract was as is or you know with an inspection with the right to terminate you know, meaning that they would have that period of time, the contract would go, the house would go in pending status, so it would stop showings and kind of slow things down. And then they would have, I guess, almost like a buyer's remorse, like, wow, I paid, you know, offered all this money. And then they would go in and then we started seeing these back to actives. So a lot of the agents, you know, were saying, well, wait a minute, we don't want to go back to active or they had it happen to them at one point in time. And we know, you know, as professionals that when that happens and it goes back, it was pending and it, they had an inspection contingency and then it goes back to active and there's no reports given, 
you know, but you still are asking that as a buyer, you're still asking, well, why? Or if you're an agent, a buyer's agent, you're still asking the question. So what the agents are saying is, you know, that kind of weakens my seller's position, right? So as soon as it hits the market, we're getting bang, top dollar over asking price, 10, 12%, not unheard of, right? Of an already high price where we would consider a top dollar price, forget the fact that it needs to appraise. And then we're now we're seeing appraisal gaps where they're saying, hey, I'll spend 30,000 or 50,000 over the appraise value up to my purchase price. And so now we're starting to see where they're coming in saying we waive those inspections. So I guess, Rose, the, you know, um, when you're in, if you could share a little bit about, I know what it's like in a very limited world, like you know what it's like in a very limited world, but it's still very different because you're hearing the conversations that are going on, you know, while you're in the house with the buyer and the agent. And obviously we're not talking names or exact scenario, you know, uh, properties and things like that. But can you share with us sort of like the conversation flow? I mean, what are you hearing when you're doing these walk and talks? Are you hearing agents say, you know, like, oh, don't worry about that. Or you can, you know, don't, you know, um, you know, this is minor or that's, do you hear agents kind of stepping up and maybe sticking their foot in their mouth um, or, you know, thinking that they're taking on a different role than just finding a property for them that they now are taking on this educational role of what they should be concerned with and what they shouldn't. Are you hearing this, the buyers negotiate with themselves, whether it's, you know, as a couple or with family on um, well, we can take care of that or we can take care of that. What can you share some sort of some stories? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Pardon me. Absolutely. Um, I, I hear a lot of different conversations <laughs> throughout the, the inspection process. Um, oftentimes when it is an as is property, obviously they can't ask the seller to make any, any changes or anything like that. But uh, most of the time I do hear real estate agents, you know, kind of, lessening what I say and say, oh, that you can fix that and or, or, you know, kind of making it less of a big deal. Uh, not like I scare the crap out of my clients. But for instance, this afternoon, there was massive termite damage in the house that I was inspecting and it, it affected the main beam. And there was actually like structural. You could see the flooring upstairs was like, this, like you know, at an angle uh, there. So I called for a structural engineer and I said, listen, this is very important this part wasn't fixed where the rest of it was. So it may have advanced. And, you know, the, the, the agent today in particular was like, I want to protect you. I want to make sure that you are, you know, we can walk away from this. Um, and everybody writes their contracts differently. So they could have, you know, gotten out of the contract. Uh, but turns out they're going to have a structural engineer come out tomorrow because they really do want the house. Um, but some other agents kind of say, oh, that, that's not that big of a deal. I have a guy who can fix that. And it, that, that's more of what I'm hearing, more so than ever before, uh, when you have the inspection on the back end, when you can actually negotiate. Often people would have said in the past, oh, well, we'll negotiate that. Don't worry about that. Uh, we, we can tell the seller to fix that. Or we can ask for you know $10,000 back for a structural engineer to fix this. Um, nowadays, they're kind of saying, it's not that big of a deal. I have a guy who can fix that for you. Um, so it's, it's a little bit more coddling and it's a little bit more like kind of, you know, you softening the blow a little bit more than even with agents that I've worked with for a very long time and who are very straightforward. Many of them are often doing that as well, where they're softening the blow a little bit more. And it, it surprised me a little bit, but 
not all that much because really when they're in a situation where there's little inventory, they need to move, this house is already under, you know, um, a really great option. They don't really have many other choices. So I guess they do have to kind of make it sound, sound better, but that, I don't think that's serving the client as well as it should. You know, I don't want them to move into a house that needs a lot of work, you know, money pit. Yeah. So. I, I think that, um, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I, I certainly think that people say things and people receive things sometimes that aren't exactly the same. Yeah. You know, so, you know, what happens, what I can see happening is, you know, geez, I know the calls are getting heavy to the real estate commission. I, you know, um, spoke with my attorney. We were just, you know, kind of talking about some of the things that were going on and, you know, I'd asked him if, uh, you know, he had any knowledge of, you know, uh, you know, sort of like an uptick in complaints. And he said that it's like at a really high level right now um, with, you know, people complaining, um, especially the buyers. And he said, you know, a lot of it is, you know, we're finding that a lot of it is related to issues that could arise that they you know, didn't know about or, you know, didn't hear, you know, an agent, right. You know, so I, I think that it's definitely a time of caution. If you're in the real estate business as a, as a licensee, I mean, I, you know, I think that you need to make sure that you're letting your clients know, Hey, um, you know, so this is what the inspector said. And, you know, this is kind of your options. So, you know, tell me what you think. And, you know, one of the things that I like to say rose a lot, um, and I tell my agents to say is, you know, if you lose this house because of this, or, you know, you walk away because of this, you know, how are you going to feel about it tomorrow? I mean, like, don't be emotionally driven. Like, you know, we get so into it and yes, the inventory is low and they've lost three deals. And then finally this house is perfect, except it may not be. And, you know, and a lot of these buyers, man, they just don't have money. So when it comes into a major repair, like a new HVAC or a roof or something like that, it could literally be the difference in them, you know, not having it. Yeah. And, you know, and then maybe, you know, you know, other things come like they stop paying their mortgage payment. But, you know, so we want to just kind of, you know, if you guys are listening, you know, you know, we're not trying to tell you how to do business. You know, your agents, you know, lean on your brokers. You know, certainly, you know, this is just our opinion tonight. We're just talking about, you know, what we see. And, uh, you know, if you're a buyer out there, certainly, you know, we want you to be aware. And if you're a seller, you know, you don't want these inspections. I mean, nobody wants anybody going through their house, you know, with a microscope, uh, no matter how powerful it is. Um, you know, and, and kind of picking apart things that you've been living with as a seller. Uh, but yeah, we are seeing some craziness out there. And uh, for me, it's kind of a little unnerving. I'm sure Rose for you, it's unnerving too, when you hear these conversations. Oh, so let's talk about your walk and talks a little bit. So um, do you have, well, first of all, you know, when you're going in and, you know, a buyer wants you to do a home inspection, no matter how minimal it is, you're just brushing by it. Should I buy it? Please tell me, you know, please look at this thing quickly and tell me it's a good deal, right? So are you adding any kind of layer of protection with these, you know, more surface level inspections to kind of protect you guys as, as inspectors? 
Oh, absolutely. We would be very silly if we didn't. Um, and that's just the litigious nature of our society today. We have to cover ourselves, unfortunately. Uh, we, in order to be a licensed uh, inspector in the state of Maryland, in, in most of the area, you do have to carry insurance. And so errors and omissions insurance. So we do have insurance because we're human and things happen. But uh, the agreements that people sign when they, when they ask for a home inspection and when they ask for a walk and talk are completely different. So a full home inspection, we're given the time to go into the property and properly take our time and go through. And so we take more liability on. We take pride in our work. We are highly educated professionals and we take pride in our work. And so if I go through the property properly with the proper amount of time for that, then I'm comfortable with saying that I will take on liability should I miss anything, you know. Uh, but with walk-in talks, especially in particular, if someone says, I need you to come into the property, you have, I've had people say you have 30 minutes. And I'm like, well, I'm not gonna see much. <laughs> but they just needed to schedule a showing and then just have me walk in. And there have been home inspectors recently that I've known to walk in in plain dress, out of uniform, and just be a rented brother or sister or cousin uh, to come along with them and to have that specialist eye on the property. Um, we obviously have to have, you know, agreements so that we are able to take electrical panel covers off. You know, there has to be some sort of agreement there saying that, you know, it just in case damage happens or anything like that. But it, we waive a lot of liability as far as that goes. When we say we were limited, we were not able to properly do our job extremely thoroughly. So we gave you a very once over and almost all the liability is taken away based on what they sign. So. What percentage of the inspections that you're doing right now are these walk and talks? Um, at the height of COVID, it, I would say in the past six months or so, um, it, it really upticked. It, it became about 70% of our business. Oh my gosh. It took over like wildfire. <laughs> it was insane. Now, um, I think maybe two or three weeks ago, about 300 homes came on the market. I think sellers or people, who, homeowners were saying, oh, if I sell my house, let the market's hot, I could get a lot of money for my house. So more people listed their homes for sale. They said, this is a good time to sell. Uh, so we did get a lot more inventory and it has been somewhat stabilizing lately. So now we're starting to see more full inspections, whether it's pre-offer or um, post-offer. But we are starting to see a little bit more of the regular full thorough home inspections. But for a lot, for a while there, it was about 70 to 80% of our business. So Rose, you're, so you're actually becoming, I mean, you're tagging along essentially mm -hmm. while they're looking at these homes for the first time. So maybe sometimes, they, yeah. sometimes, yeah. So they're just saying, hey, we're going out to look at houses. This house came on the market you know, it checks the boxes for my, you know, buyer, you know, can you go look at the house with us at six o'clock tomorrow? And, um, and you're basically doing these walk and talks. Yep. Great sign here saying that, you know, I'm looking at this thing, but I have zero liability as to not being able to do my job as a home inspector, but this is kind of the market that you're forcing me to do this right now. And, you know, Hey, look, you know, we're going to do the best that we can for you, but with a very limited 30 minute overview. Right. Um, so walk us down one of those walk and talks. I mean, I, you know, are you, what are the items that you're looking for? 
So as far as walk and talks go, each one uh, I treated a little bit differently. Um, obviously, it's the same agreement that they would sign. And then uh, walk and talks by, by their nature, we do not provide any written documentation. So there is zero report. We literally walk the property and we talk to the, the client and they take notes. I can't even so much as send them a photo or a text message. So there is absolutely no written documentation sent between inspector to client. So um, when I arrive, I usually arrive a little bit early. So even with walk and talks, I, I always like to arrive an hour in advance to my inspections. I like to inspect and write the report on the exterior. When I do a walk and talk, I arrive at least a half an hour early because even if there are other showings going on, I'm like, don't mind me, I'm just outside. <laughs> and so I kind of, nobody really says anything at that point. So I just walk the property, I do the exterior. And when my clients arrive, I kind of do the quick and dirty, do you know what a home inspection is? This is what you can expect. This is you know, what I'm looking at. And I've already looked at the outside. Here's the, the, the big things that you need to take away from the outside. And now I'm gonna go inside and you're gonna leave me alone for the next half hour <laughs> because I need to rush through this house, especially if there are other showings. I've been to situations where I'm on site doing a walk and talk inspection, trying to evaluate a home and there are it's like an open house and there's five or six families walking past me at the same time. And it's sometimes can be unsafe. I don't want children walking by, especially who are of no relation to my client when I have the electrical panel open, for instance. So that's unsafe. Uh, so I have to take the electrical panel off, look at it, grab my client, show them quickly and then close it. Uh, so usually when in, in those kind of tight situations, when there's a lot of different people on the property or I have very, very tight parameters of like 30 minutes, I'll just inspect as much of the main systems as possible. So I'm looking at structure, electrical, plumbing and HVAC. Those are the main ones that I'm looking at. I'm gonna make sure that you can have heating and cooling in your house, that your house is framed and, and you know the foundation is proper. And then I'm gonna make sure that you, can, you have a proper electrical system so it won't catch on fire. And then I'm gonna be looking at the plumbing system so you can have running water that's you know in, installed appropriately and safe. So those are the four main things because a lot of other things can be, you know, fixed fairly easily. I'm looking at the very expensive stuff at first, the, the big ticket items first. Uh, sometimes I'm fortunate with walk and talks where my client can actually do the proper walk with me and I talk to them as I go. And that's usually if we have a private showing for maybe a half hour to an hour. So I, I have to treat them differently <laughs> how I walk them through. But um, they, those are the four main things that I look at, of course. That's an enormous amount of pressure on you. I mean, you're, you know, they, you, you've got like their whole decision yeah. <laughs> in your hands. You know, you're kind of looking at it saying, man, these people want me to evaluate this house in 30 minutes and give them the thumbs up. Hey guys, this is a good house. Yeah. I like it. Well, we're not even allowed to, to give our thumbs up or thumbs down. We literally just give facts and we let them do with those facts as they wish. And, uh, you know, I say that this may be an expensive fix, uh, but I would have a specialist come out to evaluate it and give you a quote because we keep, as home inspectors, it's it's unethical for us to give quotes and things like that. So uh, if I find something that's major, I'm like, well, yeah, I would have a specialist come out and evaluate this or, you know, oh, when whenever you get the chance, maybe next month you can, after you move in and settle in, you can get this taken care of. Usually that kind of conveys the urgency to them as well. Uh, but we're not allowed to say you should buy this house or you shouldn't buy this house. Um, I've had some people who have pressed me on that question and when pressed very, very hard, I'll say, well, 
I think I'd buy this house if X, Y, and Z was taken care of before I moved in. So uh, we have to be very careful, as you know, with our wording in real estate, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't answer that question. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I avoid it at all costs, but there are some people I've had maybe four or five people in my career who have really, really pushed me, pushed me to say something. And, and, you know, I can speak for myself, <laughs> but I definitely don't like giving that kind of, uh, you know, advice. It's, it's not my advice to give. So is there any kind of report given uh, with a walk and talk? Yeah. No, not at all. Zero. Not report. even a text message. Zero report. So the client would walk around with a with a notepad and write down what I say. Do the agents listen in on what you're saying? Often they do. And um, it depends on the, the home inspector. But I've actually also looked at some people who, who look so incredibly overwhelmed with the process. Big eyes. They're like, oh, my God, this is so much information to take in. Um, you know, I, I look at them and I'm like, I don't care if you film me. Just don't post it anywhere, but you can you can record what I'm saying so that you can go back and listen to it again. So that you, you don't can record your rented sister here yeah. for the walk, you know, our walkthrough, yeah. and I'll say, "Sis, you should be doing it." Or here's what you need to do, brother. Um, and, and some home yeah. inspectors will say that they do not want that to happen. So if you are you know considering having a, a walk and talk, or even during a regular home inspection, and you want to film or record your inspector, please ask them first. Um, and so just make sure. And there, there have been times I know you and I spoke about the fact that I have a social media page on you know, Instagram and Facebook. And I used to put a lot of uh, videos up on there explaining defects. Occasionally, if I have a defect, maybe up on a roof or some, an inaccessible area, but I still want my client to have that information, I would just make a generalized hey, look at this defect that I found at my inspection this afternoon. And I would post that to my Facebook page and it would be anonymous, but my client would know that it's theirs. So they could always go back to that video, knowing that it's their home. So, you know, I try um, my best to help them. <laughs> you know, I guess, you know, I always think about material facts. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I, you know, I always say everything's good until it isn't right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see where the potential for these buyers buying these houses, having remorse, you know, uh, next year, whatever, spending all this money doing these repairs that they wish they would have asked for. You know, the crazy thing is you say as is, and, you know, on the brokerage side of things, you know, you think, well, as is with the right to terminate, hey, you can't negotiate. Well, everything's negotiable. So, you know, I've had plenty of times where, you know, we had an as is on both sides, as is with the right to terminate. And then all of a sudden they do their inspection and they come back and they go, well, you know, yeah, we're going to send in, you know, the, um, the unilateral termination uh, addendum. But let me tell you, we could keep this thing together if we could just do X, Y, and Z. And a lot of times, you know, you go back and you say to the seller or whatever, well, you know, I thought this was an as-is inspection. And, and it's like, yeah, it is an as-is inspection, but do you want them to walk, you know, or do you want to try and work this out or try and, you know, kind of keep, be the glue to keep things together, which, you know, in my experience, um, you know, I think your first offer most of the time is the best offer if you can make it work. Mm 
mean, historically, it seems that way. Um, I, I'm certainly not, you know, trying to tell the people how to run their business again. You know, this is just my opinion. Uh, you know, um, rely on your own agents if you're listening and their advice. Uh, you know, but I think that we should all precaution when we're saying, hey, it's not that big of a deal. I got a guy mm-hmm. um, because uh, it better not be a big deal, especially when your client is hearing not that big a deal and $8,000 later, it could be. Do you see, I mean, so do you see any liability? I mean, you guys, so let's just, you know, we're going to get into talking about some specifics and you guys want to buy a house without a home inspector. We're going to, hopefully Rose is going to tell you tonight some of the things that you should look for, especially as we get into some of these systems, you're not HVAC people, but you can check a filter to see if it's been maintained or whether it was just freshly changed. But do you see where there's potential liability on the inspection company? Um, where even though you're not giving reports, things like that. And, and I'll give you an example. So, and, and, I'm, and I'm certainly not trying to box you in anything, but I'm just, you know, kind of curious. So I'll give you an example. I, I took, I had a commercial building that um, I took a um, structural engineer to, uh, was interested in buying the building myself. And, um, you know, it was kind of funny because the door frame, you know, I was away on vacation when I'm looking at this. I'm going, man, this looks like a good, you know, I'm on my computer. Identified this property and said, wow, this looks like a pretty good deal. But you couldn't see that the door was completely not square. Mm-hmm. And when you could see that it, the whole building was literally falling down. So first day to go check out the property. I'm back in from out of town. And I actually put it under contract while I was away with a chance to check it out. And I went with, and we didn't sign any, no reports, nothing, brought the structural engineer in. And the instructional engineer said, well, this thing's falling down, man. This is, this is dangerous. So, of course, I pulled out and I shared with the agent the email that my structural engineer sent. But my structural engineer, the interesting thing is he said, you know, by really my license, I'm really required to say something about this to somebody, at least the seller, because if I looked at it and something were to happen, now this is a extreme, right? We're talking about a building that could fall down. Yeah. Yeah. But still, you know, the thought came to mind, like, wow, like you have a license as an engineer. We had nothing in writing, but it was still, he felt it was his, obligation, ethical obligation to say something and put it in writing, which he did. And I give it to me in writing. I'm passing it along, right? Right. Which I passed it along. And then that listing agent passed it along and so forth and so forth. Do you see any issues or liability being a licensed inspector that when you do go out to these places, money's exchanging hands you know, you're getting paid to be there, whether you're yeah. giving them a report or not. Do you see any potential down the road with something like that? I mean, does that make you nervous? It doesn't make me nervous uh, because the agreement that we have, our lawyers went over it uh, what seems like a million times. Uh, the walk and talk 
what, what they they have to sign an agreement before we even come out, and that completely relieves of us of all of our liability. So they have to relieve us of all liability before we even will come out. Um, so that's the first thing. So I know that we have an ironclad agreement, um, and I know that we have a really great. Fortunately, we have a really great uh, legal team with U.S. Inspect. So, you know, I don't think that we've had anything come up with that yet, uh, but I'm also not on that level of management to know that. Um, I do know that what you're talking about as far as ethical, something ethical to motivate us to talk to the seller about something. um, There hasn't been in my experience anything that's structural that has been something like the house is falling down kind of thing. Uh, Obviously, everything that I've seen so far in my career has been able to be fixed. Uh, But we do have an ethical uh, responsibility to tell sellers about life safety issues. So if somebody's living in the house and there's a massive fire issue or I've actually walked into a basement and I could smell natural gas and I said, get out. Uh, So we stopped the inspection, went outside, called the gas company. They came out, the seller came back and it was in fact a gas leak in the basement. Um, And so we are required to tell sellers, uh, especially when it's occupied, of life safety issues, potential fire hazards, things like that. And I've only had to do that just a few times in my career. Um, But as far as, you know, the the daily interactions, if I talk to one of my clients during a walk and talk and I say, for instance, like, you know, today's inspection that I did, if it were to be a walk and talk and I said, the, the main structural beam holding up the house is is eaten out by termites and it's not taken care of structurally, uh, have a structural engineer come out. That's not a life safety issue and it wasn't no. so advanced that the house was going to crumble. Um, definitely needed to be taken care of, obviously, but it wasn't you know a, an imminent life safety issue. Um, if they decided to, if they had decided at that point to back out due to that, they could share that with the seller. But because there's nothing in writing I don't know if the seller would be required to disclose that. Yeah, I, I would think that ethically they would, but yeah. I don't know if they're required because usually with a home inspection report, I, as the home inspector who has a license, provided written documentation with mm-hmm. uh, photographs showing that this is indeed you know present. But without me having you know me signing my name at the bottom of a report, I don't know if that would be something you know they could say. Oh, that's hearsay. We heard that there might be. You know, so yeah. I don't know how that works for future, you know, people yeah. who are interested in buying the house. Hopefully they get their own inspection as well. Um, but yeah, as far as, you know, my liability, um, we, we we did make sure that our lawyers had had everything ironclad, which is good. And we recommend you know, that for any other home inspector out there, too. Yeah, and I would certainly think, I mean, at least you give me any, any of that information and I'm going to at least alert the listing agent and do my part and say, hey, look, this is what I heard. And, you know, this is. But again, I mean, it's, you know, everybody to each his own, I guess, on how they run their business. Yeah. Um, and I'm not I'm talking about other brokerages, you know, um, you know what they do with that information. Um, and I can't wait. I mean, we've got all these you know, people who are going to watch this and they're going to you know, be taking notes. And we probably have all the legal teams in the world right now zooming in going, oh, what's our angle? Um, but anyway, so let's kind of what about water penetration? Oh, water is the number one issue for a house. 
I always tell my clients that you're going to hear me say that the word water about 500 times today <laughs> because, you know, a lot of deterioration and mold issues can come from from water and it can deteriorate the outside of your house as well as the inside of your house. So um, it's the number one issue for a home for sure. So uh, whenever I go to a house, I always, you know, obviously look where does where is the water going? So I start at the roof. Where is it going? It's going into this gutter. This gutter's coming down. Oh, it's disconnected. It's going down the wall at this point. You know that kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, if where if it's discharging, if the downspout is discharging right next to the foundation, that's just dumping all those hundreds of gallons of water during a rainstorm down at your foundation level. Uh, once we get inside, I look at water penetration as far as the plumbing, if it's leaking, if there's any staining on any of the, the uh, subfloor or anything like that, um, that is a huge issue. So that's definitely something that I, I for sure look at. Absolutely. Yeah, water penetration sucks. <laughs> we I all mean, know there that. Is yeah. nothing worse than moving your stuff in to the basement and that first heavy duty rain and all of a sudden you walk down stairs and you go, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely sucks. I was talking with somebody today and they told me that um, their client bought a house and, you know, clearly there was a water issue and none of it was disclosed and they spent $80,000 waterproofing and wow. regrading and doing all kinds of stuff. They probably didn't have a home inspection. Um, so guys, if you're listening and you're going, oh man, this is crazy. Like, you know, if we haven't cooled you off just a little bit or kind of put into your mind that this is important stuff here that I don't want the liability on me as a broker or as an agent. Um, I don't want to have that conversation on saying, ah, you're good. You, I got a guy. Um, I want to push it off on somebody like Rose and the and the buyer and say look this is this is a house this is home ownership this is not like what you've been accustomed to if you've never owned a home before these are major systems major deals um and a lot of times they cost thousands of dollars and a lot of these buyers are putting down you know all they have and uh, so you know take this to heart but if you still want to go through and you're still prepared to do these as is inspections rose or these no inspections, they're going to figure it out on their own. They're going to walk through with their agent and their agent is going to be their inspector, not any of my agents, but their agent is going to go ahead and walk them through and say, let's take a look at this thing. It's good. What should they be looking for? So let's give them some pointers, kind of walking through, you know, you just said water's an issue. So there are things that they can do to check for water. You mentioned a couple of them, um, you know, but kind of go over, you know, some of the basics, where, where does the water go? So are you looking at the splash blocks? Are you looking at the underground pipes or, you know, kind of take it away on how you, you know, would advise them to, to make sure that water is not coming in. Exactly. So if I were to, if someone was going to look at a house and they were interested in putting in an offer, especially in this time uh, where you kind of have to move very quickly. Um, and if you do have to waive the inspection, which obviously I don't recommend, but things that you can look for um, as far as water penetration, if you walk into a basement and you feel that it's musty or you smell a little bit musty smell or moldy smell, then most likely there's, there's, there's moisture in there. It just depends on where it's coming from. It could be a foundation crack that's allowing water in. It could be, you know, a sump pump that, you know, kind of overflowed a little bit 
or it could be a leaky pipe. There's a number of ways that water can intrude in a basement or pretty much anywhere in the house. Um, and we inspectors are, are trained to look for those. And, and you know, those of us like myself, have I'm almost 2000 inspections in my career. And after you do them quite, you're, you're able to do it very quickly and look for little hints here and there. So uh, if you're going through, trust your instinct. If you walk downstairs and it smells musty, it's musty. There's there's moisture somewhere there that you need to find where that moisture is coming from. And hopefully it's an exposed foundation and you can kind of look at the foundation. But if it's a finished basement, maybe if you're walking around the basement and you can you know smell it, it's, it's a little bit stronger over in this corner. That's where you focus a little bit more. Is the carpet wet? Um, you know, do, can you see any staining on the walls type of things? Um, and if you have an exposed basement that's not finished, you can look at the, you know, look above. Usually you can see the, the, the floor joists and the subflooring there. You can see if there's any leaking there um, or at least some staining uh, that can indicate prior moisture or current moisture. Um, obviously, home inspectors have tools that allow us to test for that kind of thing, but that's the kind of stuff that you would look for. When you're outside of the home, make sure that you have gutters uh, and that the, you know, home inspectors would get up towards the gutters and see if they're they're clogged or anything like that. But you want to kind of look around. Where does the, the gutter follow? Is every part of the roof covered by a gutter? Because sometimes they're missing. I actually went to a, a client of mine about two months ago, purchased the house with no inspections. And on closing day, they were moving in and they said, we just want to know what we just bought. And so I walked around and it, it was it was kind of a long, thin rancher. The front side had gutters. The entire backside did not And that just allowed water to go right by the foundation. And it caused some water issues in the basement. You'd be surprised at how gutters can solve so many problems <laughs> in a house. Hmm. Uh, proper water control, getting the water, especially rainwater, away. You want to make sure that there's no grading towards the house. So if your house is it just kind of look, where does the water go? Is there a hill that's coming right down to the house? Is there a little bit? I've actually seen some filtration systems there. Is there kind of some sort of, you know, gap there where it's, you know, it comes down and then they flatten it out for about 10 feet before the foundation? Is there some sort of, you know, sign that the water is not going straight into the foundation? Funny story. Last year I did an inspection and it was on a very steep hill about that. Very incredibly steep hill. I had to walk on all fours to get up the side of the, this hill. And so the water was obviously coming down and hitting the back of the house. Their ingenious way to fix this was to have a pipe put back there that the water would filter into and they just poured it into the crawl space area and it was just a river going through the crawl space. It was wild. <laughs> so they brought it in. Yeah, absolutely. They just let it flow right underneath the house. Um, obviously, that house had a lot of defects on it that I, I spent hours there. But you want to look at the grading. You want to look at where the gutters go. You want to make sure that the whole roof is covered, you know, uh, has, has gutter coverage. And then you want to make sure that when you're inside, you kind of look for staining and smells and things like that, for sure. Yeah, and always uh, a good indicator that I always look for, too, is, you know, when the gutters aren't performing you can see where the rain comes over and it kind of yeah. makes a indentation or a depression like a in the bed, yeah. like a divot. Yep. And so, you know, that kind of gives some kind of indication something's clogged and yeah, mm -hmm. I think water, like you said, uh, water's the, a big thing to think about or to check out because you don't want water penetrating. It damages a house, especially if, you know, roof leaky roof. I mean, it just tears the house apart, will rot the wood out and, cause all kinds of problems. So what about the major system? So, you know, 
heating and air would come next to mind uh, right. because I know it's expensive. I mean, even a change out could be seven or eight thousand dollars. You know, just changing. A lot of times, these older houses have the older Freon, um, so you can't get that anymore. So, and then the systems they talk to each other now. They have these circuit boards, so sometimes the outside unit is won't be compatible with the inside unit and you have to change out both the inside and the outside unit. So, you know, how can somebody with no experience in heating and air, I mean, what are some of the things that, you know, you're looking for that are sort of like red flags? It's hard to say because I could say, look up the data tag and see how old it is. And then look on the data tag for our, you know, whether it says R22 or R410A. Um, but for keeping it, you know, not dumbing it down, not by any means, but just saying for the general layperson who, as you said, doesn't have any experience with uh, HVAC, I'm not even sure if many people would know where to look for the data tag in certain in instances. And some some older systems don't have data tags. Um, so looking at the HVAC system, kind of if the system is on, uh, let's just say that you're in a, the seller's left for a little bit and it's hot outside, so the air conditioner is on. If the air conditioner is on, walk around the house. Is it cool in every room? Because sometimes the ductwork can be separated or sometimes certain rooms do not have um, any you know, ductwork running to them. So that could be a, an issue, obviously that would come up in a home inspection. Looking at the actual unit, usually it's in the basement, sometimes it's in the attic, but, um, and I wouldn't recommend going into the attic as just a, a general layperson. That's definitely a, an unsafe area a trained person should be in, um, especially if there's no plywood on, on the ground. Uh, so if you have access to it, looking at it and just kind of seeing anyone could look at something and say, oh, this looks newer or this looks older, especially if it's, you know, a, a beigey brown from the 70s, you can tell. Uh, sometimes they do have a lot of corrosion on them. And so that's another thing to look for. If the system is off and you can kind of take a peek, you might want to look at the filter. Has the filter been changed recently? Is it dirty? Uh, have they kept up on the general maintenance of it? Sometimes there is a, a you know, tag on the side of them and it says uh, it, it's almost like a log saying when it was last serviced when was this last serviced doesn't always you know get logged on that side uh, note there and sometimes they don't even have those but that's another indicator has this person kept their system up to date also look at the exterior unit and see so a lot of times the the exterior uh, compressor condenser outside will have you know it'll say carrier or train or the name brand when you get inside kind of look and see do they look about the same age? Um, and if you want to look it up, home inspectors generally use the website buildingintelligencecenter.org. Uh, that is a really great resource. I have, I have it in my phone. I use it multiple times every single day to look up serial numbers on HVAC units and water heaters to determine the age of a unit because a lot of times it's serialized, it's secret. It's in there in a code, either with a letter or, or a number in a certain place in the serial. So that can help you with that as well, looking at the serial number. Um, and just make sure that the exterior and interior portions are hopefully the same age and same brand. It doesn't always have to be the same brand, but um, it definitely helps. So those are a couple of things to look at just kind of from a lay person experience without taking anything apart, obviously. Yeah, that's all great advice. And what you said about, um, you know, making sure the house is climatized, you know, by the system that, you know, yeah. you're looking at, because a lot of times you're right. I mean, I was in a house and, um, you know, the seller said, 
and it was kind of cool. So there was no need for air conditioning. You know, it was months ago and I would have never known, but there was no AC in the basement and it was a full basement, full finished basement. Yeah. And they said, yeah, there's no, there's no AC in the basement. And I said, really? And they said, no, well, we've never ne needed it. So, you know, we don't really use it that much. And, you know, so we just, for the expense of adding the duct work, you know, we, it was an older home and they had converted it, uh, you know, converted the system. And that's a good point, Rose. I mean, so, I mean, imagine how upset you would be if you yeah. bought this home, you know, and, all of a sudden it's 90 degrees, a hundred degrees outside and your basement was hot and humid. Yeah. And you said, man, yeah. and then you called the heating and air guy, right? The air conditioning guy. And you're like, man, my, my air conditioning is not working in the basement. And he gets there and says, look, I hate to tell you this, but you don't have any air conditioning in the basement. I mean, yeah. that's a great point. And a lot of people with additions and these added on rooms, they will run electric baseboard or they'll do something completely different. And there's no air conditioning a lot of times in those spaces. So that's really good tips. Uh, and we'll publish that website too. And all of Rose's information will be in the show notes. Uh, so, you know, definitely reach out to her. Now let's move on to um, something that, you know, a lot of people don't realize too is um, plumbing. Let's kind of talk about the plumbing because I know, you know, toilets are loose and, you know, the flanges are, you know, decayed and, you know, depending on how old the house is and subfloor could be rotted around. So what types of things can the buyer do when they're walking through the bathrooms to kind of see that things are working right and no red flags? One thing that I would say, if you're just walking through a house, um, the what, first thing I would say is don't run water. I know that that sounds kind of, you know, against what you, you want to run the water to make sure it's, it, it's working. But if you do not have a home inspector come out who has an agreement staying in, in, with our insurance and everything, uh, then if you run water and there just so happens to be a leak underneath the, the, the sink or something like that, or in the wall, and because you ran water, you could have caused a problem. And, you know, great thing that you would have found it, but you can also be liable to pay to have it fixed because you caused that issue at that point. So I would say don't run water. Um, another reason why you want to have a home inspector come onto the property, because we are able to run the water. If we run the water and it leaks, then it is a discovered defect. And that goes into the report and it's covered, it's covered. But a lot of people, I've actually had to stop inspecting and go upstairs and tell people, please stop running water because if you break something, my insurance won't cover you. Let mm. me run it. I'll be up here in just a few minutes. Let me just finish what I'm doing downstairs and I'll come do that. So just be careful when it comes to that if you're walking through houses for sure. Um, and then a couple things, you know, if you're in the basement, and you're looking up and you, you see any staining, as, as I said earlier, there's, you know, some, some signs of staining. If you know that there's a bathroom uh, above the dining room and you can see a little bit of a stain there, that's obviously a, vis a, a visible thing. Open up the underneath the, the sink, the cabinet underneath the sink. And maybe if there's a lot of items kind of shifted out of the way without breaking anything, uh, obviously, to see if if the, the, the space underneath the, that cabinet, if the, 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 the base of it is kind of, you know, caved in, maybe there might've been a leak previously. You might even be able to see some staining there. 
Um, is anything, you know, corroded? Is there any sign of that there's been water around the, the, the faucet? That might be a sign that it's leaking, that kind of thing. Um, and don't always trust listings. I know real estate agents when they, especially the selling agents when they're writing up the MLS, uh, what you go to Zillow, wherever you go to look at homes. Oftentimes I'll go there the night before home inspection and I'll prepare and I'll say, okay, it has natural gas this and natural gas that. And when I get there, it's actually electric. No, no shame there, it's just they didn't know. Um, but that also can mislead some people who are buying their house if they don't get a home inspector to go there. So same thing, I had a, a client, again, my afternoon client uh, today, they had, they had me come out and they were like, oh, it's on public water. And I said, no, you've got a well right here. <laughs> so they didn't know wow. that the house was on well and septic. Uh, and they were not quite prepared to take on a house that had well and septic. They were used to and kind of prepared to take on a house that was on public. So those kinds of things. Just be aware that, you know, you may be a little bit surprised at what you see on, um, on an inspection. And you might not be able to recognize what things are yourself with plumbing. So if you don't have an inspector kind of Google, what does, an, what does it look like when it's a well on the inside of a house? And you can see some of the equipment would, would be very different. Well, that is definitely some valuable advice. I mean, things that I kind of take for granted because, you know, a lot of agents, they don't know either. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, they're, you know, they, they look at, I mean, you know, you really have to check out the furnace or the water heater and you have to really see, is this a gas pipe that's coming in or is this just electric? Yeah. Um, so imagine, I mean, you're buying thinking that, you know, and it is garbage in garbage out. I mean, it, whoever's putting that data in, that's how it's getting populated to Zillow, truly all those sites. And uh, yeah, so there's another great, you know, valuable uh, point on why you should have a home inspection, you know, make sure that you're getting the actual systems that were advertised because I yeah. can see that's a, that's a, another, you know, issue right there. What about shaking the toilets? Mm -hmm. You know, I, should they do that? Now, that, that becomes a little bit fishy to tell people to do because as a home inspector, again, I have an agreement signed, my insurance covers me, should it, it, and, and if something is wobbly, then it's a defect that a home inspector discovered. But as someone who's there without a home inspector, maybe you could see if, it, if a toilet wiggles a little bit, but do not move it a lot. Um, another thing is if you're walking through a house and you have to use the restroom, I know that that is a, is a conversation in way too many real estate chat rooms, honestly. Um, <laughs> but if you have to use the restroom, then I my best uh, advice to you is flush the toilet before you try and use it. Because sometimes they shut the water off and you don't want to leave a present for the people, you know, maybe the people who are showing the house later or whatnot. So just flush the toilet before you use it, if that's the case. Um, and then obviously just make sure you can see that there's a shut off there. Should the toilet, let's just say, start to overflow, you know how to shut it off in that in that instance. But yeah, she, we always I do what we call the rocker test. I put my knees on either side of a toilet and I kind of rock my knees back and forth to see if it moves. Sometimes it moves side to side. Today, I found an, uh, one that kind of didn't move side to side, but it moved up and down, forward mm. and backwards. So, so yeah, there's definitely those things. Um, there's loose handles on things. But again, you know, you can touch the handles to see if they're loose or anything like that if you suspect it. But I still would not run water. No, that's definitely not a good idea. Yeah, I think it's great advice, like you said, to open up the cabinets. So yeah. if you're looking underneath the sink, I mean, you can see you know, a lot, right. You can, yeah. if it, if they've had a leaky faucet, you know, or a trap that that's been leaking, 
um, you know, it definitely will discolor or stain the the cabinet and even cause it to rot out. A lot of people, they don't do stuff like that. I mean, people, I mean, they run through houses. Yeah. You know, you figure, you know, this is a major purchase. They go there and they maybe spend a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, you know, before they put an offer in on the house. And then if they're lucky, they get to come back with someone like Rose and have a full inspection where, you know, they're in the home three or four hours and, uh, you know, really going through everything mm -hmm. and not to kill the deal. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they think that these inspectors and some of them are a little over the top. I will admit I've met some that, you know, they, they're not great at saying, hey, this is a 50 year old house. So, you yeah. know, these are the things that you should be concerned about or that you may spend money on sooner than later. Um, but, you know, I think, I mean, the more we hear you say, it backs up even more why you should have a home inspection. Yeah. Let's talk about electrical. This is kind of like a scary thing, right? You don't want people sticking their fingers where they don't belong. I mean, electric mm -hmm. is dangerous. I always said, you know, as a contractor, there were two things I stayed away from. And one was electric and the other was plumbing. Yeah. Uh, because no matter what I did, and I would try plumbing repairs all the time. And no matter, it always seemed to leak. So it's like, you know what? Plumbers are just whatever. They're weird, man. They, you know, they, they've got a knack for sealing up pipes. What can yeah. I say? Um, I always had a knack for having a drip no matter what I did. Um, so electrical is kind of scary. Mm -hmm. And when you have homeowners that like to play electrician, I mean, I, you've seen some crazy things. I've seen crazy things. I've seen spliced extension cords and attics. And you know, you're looking at it, you're like, man, this is, this is a fire hazard. Yeah. So how, you know, what should somebody do trying to check so out the if they're walking through without an inspector, what they should really look for, um, this is the most limited that they can be because you're not going to be able to see much. Most of the wiring is behind the walls and behind the outlets and switches and in the electrical panel. And it's, you know, concealed for, for a reason, for safety. And I wouldn't recommend anybody open an electrical panel. Um, so if you did want to look at the electrical panel and just kind of open it up to take a look at the breakers, my first... Um, they, my first piece of advice is if this is the electrical panel, put your hand against it like this, the back of your hand against it, because um, if the electrical panel cover, maybe behind it, there's a wire that's exposed and it's uh, and it's energized, meaning that you know energy's flowing through it. And if that is accidentally touching the, uh, the electrical panel cover, it could be energized as well and you could get shocked. So before you even touch the, the panel cover, if this is the get in frame. Uh, if this is the electrical panel, touch it with the back of your hand, because if it is energized, it'll, your, your muscles will contract with that energy, contract off and away. And so you might get a little tiny bit of shock, but you won't get, if you touch it with your hand like this, your muscles will contract onto the electrical panel and you will continue mm -hmm. to get electrocuted. So first and foremost, if you did want to open the door of the electrical panel, kind of put the back of your hand on it to make sure it's not energized. If it's safe and it's not energized, you can open the cover for it. Now I'm not saying take the cover off of the entire electrical panel, but just open the door to kind of look at the breakers there. You wanna make sure that all of the breakers are labeled. So that's, that's one thing that we look for. 
And again, you don't have the ability, time, materials, training to take the electrical panel off. But if you really are concerned, if it's an older house, um, if you see other signs of things that don't look quite right throughout the rest of the house, I would have either an inspector or uh, an electrician come out and evaluate the house. Uh, if that is the worst case scenario, you have to go through and, and without any inspections. But I would have somebody a look at the electrical system. Another thing that generally walking through the house you can test is light switches. If you go through and there's a dimmable light switch, kind of, a, you know, don't get on it, but kind of get close to it and, and put the dimmer up and down. And sometimes you hear a buzzing. Sometimes they're hot to the touch. They can be a little bit warm to the touch, but if it's hot to the touch over, you know, 80, 90 degrees, um, it, and obviously you won't have anything to test it, but if it's obviously hot to the touch, then that can be a, a sign of a problem, uh, possibly bad wiring or you know something incorrectly installed. So those are a couple of little things there. You also wanna look for uh, protection as far as GFCI protection in kitchens and bathrooms and exteriors. Those are the receptacles generally, they look like they have the buttons on them, if you've ever seen those. Sometimes you can have a regular appearing receptacle and it's tied into a GFCI, either at the breaker or somewhere else in say the kitchen or another bathroom. So um, that's another reason as an inspector, I, I would have an inspector come out just to make sure that you have that protection. Also take a look and see, are there smoke alarms everywhere? In the state of Maryland, you have to have one on every single level of the house and just outside of or inside of each sleeping area. And they have to be 10-year um, battery and interconnected. So you wanna kind of, sometimes you won't be able to identify that, but at least, hey, do I have smoke alarms here? Is there one on every floor at the minimum? Uh, those are the kind of things that I would kind of say the layperson would be able to kind of look at the electrical systems. All great advice. Do you recommend actually testing the uh, GFIs, the, you know, pushing the buttons to no. see if they pop? No? No, because as an inspector, if I have the agreement and I'm on the property completing a formal inspection, then I can test them. Right. Um, and if they do not reset or they reset elsewhere in the house, as an yeah. inspector, I know okay, if this is, you know, here, I might see that at the breaker. I might see this, uh, if it's a bathroom, I might see it usually in the primary bathroom. There's mm -hmm. one reset, maybe in the hall bathroom. I know where to look where, because out of experience, I know, okay, well, this might reset here. Or it might, oh, it might reset over here. Sometimes we are unable to find a reset for a GFCI. And for instance, if you're in a garage and there is a refrigerator or freezer in the garage that's tied, no. that plugged into a GFCI, and you trip that GFCI and you're not Just a home inspector. Ruin their that food. Can, that's hundreds of dollars of uh, that you're going to be owing the seller because yeah. you spoil all the food in the refrigerator. So do not test GFCIs if you are on the property just viewing it. That's some good lessons for agents out there. I tell you, because sometimes we like to do stuff like that. Ah, let's push this button and see what happens. But yeah, um, wow, great stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Rose, what what do you see? Um, what do you see? I mean, did you say that you have performed two th over 2,000 inspections? Uh, almost 1,000 inspections. I'm in the 1,000. Okay. Right I thought yeah. I, I heard a big number, 1,000 inspections. <laughs> that's still a, that's a big number. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm, I've been doing this for about four years now and I've, I've been very fortunate to, to see a lot of success in the business and You're busy. I actually love my job and, and it's just been a whirlwind. So I'm happy to most days nowadays, I'll have a couple of walk and talks a day. Um, and you know, on the fortunate days, I can also have, you know, full inspections, two or three inspections a day. So. Well, you know, I'll tell you, um, uh, us inspect, they've been around for a while. I, I tell you, so, and uh, 
so Tim, mm -hmm. you know, um, he was on our podcast, I don't know, maybe this time last year. Um, but him and I were kind of chit-chatting a little bit because there was a guy, he's passed away now, but he was a guy, um, his name was Art. And, you know, I used him years ago. And uh, what amazed me was you guys adopted the technology. Like you were one of the first adopters of the portable printers. And I remember he would come out to the, you know, the home inspection. And before he left, he would print out. I mean, now you just send it off, you know, in an email. But I remember he would, um, you know, type everything up. He had his portable printer, You'd print everything out and leave it with the buyer uh, right then and there. So I know you guys have been at it for a while. You're very respected in your industry. And uh, man, I tell you what, um, you know, I, I, I can't thank you enough for being on our show. Where, Rose, where do you see the home inspection industry going? You know, so, I mean, do you see this as a new norm? Do you think, and I mean, no one has a crystal ball, but are we really um, training sellers at this point, you know, to demand these, you know, look, this is the house. It's as is, take it or leave it. Do you see this continuing or do you think that we're going to go back to a more traditional environment with a, as far as a home inspection goes? I think that home inspection is here to stay. It has an incredible value for all parties involved, uh, whether they're happy about it or not. <laughs> um, but I think that it's it's going to go with, with whatever the market demands. So right now we're in a very strong seller's market. And so the power is with the seller. The seller can say, I don't want an inspection. I'm not going to accept any offer that has any inspection contingencies in it. Uh, which sidebar, personally, I think that's unethical. I wouldn't do anything to anyone buying my house that I wouldn't want myself to do for when I buy a house. So, um, but nonetheless, that is what we're on right now. So it's a strong seller's market, but when it eventually stabilizes and returns to either a normal and or buyer's market, then the buyers will have power and they will want to know what they're buying. And so we will be returning to a, a strong, you know, full home inspection market as well. So we're just kind of the home inspector, the home inspection industry is kind of going with the flow as far as what kind of market it is. Now, there is a movement within the home inspection industry. I'm going to give a shout out to Dave Klim out there. Hopefully he's listening. Um, <laughs> pardon me. Uh, he has a, a business that he's starting and he's really trying to start the movement that it makes so much more sense to have the home inspection done before even listing the house. So I've only had this happen to me maybe three or four times where someone hired me to come in and they said, I'm going to list my house in the next couple months. I just want to know what I need to fix. So do a home inspection and give me the reports so that I know what I need to fix so that when I put my house on the market, it's perfect. Um, and so I've only had that happen a very few times out of the almost thousand inspections I've done, maybe literally less than a handful. So uh, that's not very common, but there is a push towards that. And the idea is that the seller, whenever a transaction happens in a stable market, at least, or a buyer's market, the inspection is going to take place one way or another. So an offer gets placed, they go under contract, and then eventually within that contingency time period, a home inspection takes place. Things are discovered and then negotiations happen. And then sometimes due to you know failure of negotiation or whatnot, that contract may fall through and another person may come out. Valuable time is lost for the seller. 
And for buyers who spend a lot of money on home inspections that they may not need in the, if they have ever have to drop out of it. So the idea is that it makes more sense for the seller to invest a little bit of money up, up front, get the home inspection done before having the house listed, fix as many items as they feel comfortable fixing, and then having a home inspection so that report completed so that when people come to view the house, they can say, here's my disclosure. This is what a home inspector recently said about the house. That saves time on negotiation on the back end. It kind of shows a little bit more of an openness to um, an honesty entering the you know the the contract. There's less negotiation time. There's less stress. So it makes more sense. And that's obviously a, an ideal situation. I know real estate can be very complicated, and many different personalities and emotions are involved. But from an ideal standpoint, that's where the home inspection industry is trying to eventually move towards having the home inspection done on the prior on the on the front end so that there's less hassle for everybody on the back end. Uh, but many sellers right now don't really want to invest that kind of money when they're trying to offload their house. You know, and um, I've seen where what you're talking about lately has worked as far as getting the buyer to be satisfied with mm -hmm. a home inspection. Um, you know, when you say, Hey, look, the home was, was inspected. We do have a report. And even if the seller doesn't want to fix things, it almost sort of can probably relieve them of some yeah. liability of saying, Hey, look, you know, I told you about it. And, um, you know, we also told you we weren't going to fix it and you were okay with it. So it kind of, it does kind of clear the air. The caution that I always have is, you know, because I'm a broker and I'm always looking at, you know, what is our responsibility? The only thing that I caution, at least my agents and for myself, is that when you are privy to that report and then certainly they say, well, don't worry about it. This won't be an issue when you list my house and you go, well, wait a minute, <laughs> what does that mean? You know, oh, well, we're just going to cut it off here and leave it there. And we won't even, no one will ever know. And, you know, so, you know, certainly, you know, from our standpoint, the more knowledge that we have that these items that are material facts and material facts are really things that can cause harm, financial harm or safety, um, to anybody involved, even when they're not your client, then that really, at least in the state of Maryland, I don't know about other states, but that really, you know, has to be disclosed. And sometimes, I mean, it's even gotten to the point where you say, well, now I have to tell the other side that. And they go, well, no, you don't have to do that. Why would you do that? You don't work for them. Well, so, but I do agree with you, uh, Rose. I think, um, you know, there is a lot of good to what you just said about, you know, having that inspection, getting it out of the way, knowing what you're willing to do, what you aren't willing to do, put it out there, put it up front, make the deal happen. I believe that there should be, really that win-win for everybody, right? I mean, it's yeah. you've got to feel good about the, the transition and the transaction. And that really falls, you know, on everybody's part. Um, and Rose, geez, what a, what a great show. What a bunch of just fantastic uh, knowledge you've shared with us tonight and great tips. And guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Rose, thank you. Thank you so very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Um, I'm so glad that you invited me here today. And, you know, it's a, it's a crazy market and it's kind of nice to talk with other professionals and see what their take is on it as well. So that's that's awesome.
Absolutely. And check Rose out on social media. And uh, we'd love for you, if you're watching this or listening to uh, the podcast by audio, if you want to get more information about anything and everything real estate, uh, we would really like for you to like, subscribe, follow us. And Rose, thanks so much for your time tonight. And until next week, have a good night. Have a good night. Stay safe. Saks Realty, Maryland Broker, number 607720, office number 443-318-4514, equal housing opportunity.